What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Shooting the Schmidt. I hope you had a great Labor Day weekend. I know I did. I laid around, did nothing, you know, needed a little break. That's why there wasn't a show on Monday. But we are back after a fantastic college football week one. I mean, it was just awesome. So many great games. We learned a lot about some teams. We saw some pretenders. We saw some real ones. Oh, it was just such a great weekend. So I'm going to quickly kind of graze over some of these, you know, I'm not going to say lesser matchups, but let's be honest. Like, the real cake this weekend was Alabama-Miami, Georgia-Clemson, UCLA, and LSU. We hit on that game. We we picked UCLA to upset LSU, and it happened. The Florida State-Notre Dame game was great. Just an all-around fantastic weekend, but we're mainly going to focus on Alabama, Georgia, and that, that LSU game. So here we go. So look, Iowa-Indiana, Iowa looked, looked really good. You know, there were several analysts who thought that Iowa would be really good this year. I don't think that people expected them to just blow out Indiana the way that they did. Indiana, they got to figure some things out offensively, which they will here at some point. Like, they are a good, talented team. But, man, Iowa just ran through Indiana. We're going to learn a lot more about Iowa this weekend. They're they're playing Iowa State on Saturday. That, that should be a great game. Penn State-Wisconsin, neither team looked great. You know, it'll be interesting to kind of see how their years, these years kind of unfold for them. They, they got to figure some stuff out offensively. You know, 0-0 at the end of the first half. Like, it was just – it was not – it was not a great game. Like, not not a great game to say the least. Texas looked great against ULL. Man, Bijan Robinson is an absolute stud. Like, he is just really good back. You know, he obviously he can run it. I think he had like twenty carries for over a hundred yards, and he's a he's a threat out of the backfield to catch the ball. Like, he's really good. It's going to be really fun to kind of see how Coach Sark is able to get him the ball in space throughout the year. Like, we already know how creative Sark is offensively. It's going to be great to kind of see how they get Robinson the ball in space. The offensive line lo- looked improved from last year. Texas, man, they they look good. There's a reason why, you know, they, they, they made the big jump in the rankings all the way up to number 15. Florida State, Notre Dame. You know, Notre Dame might be a little overrated this year. I don't really know if they're a top 10 team this year, especially breaking in a new quarterback, but... You know, as this new quarterback kind of gets settled in, you know, he might they might look better at the end of the year. But look, Florida State, they look like they're getting back on track. They played well. And what a story with Milton coming in off the bench. What a comeback after an absolutely awful injury. But yeah, it's encouraging to see Florida State is moving in the right direction. For the ACC to kind of attain more power, they need Florida State to be a a good football team, and, you know, they look like they're kind of slowly getting back to that. Ole Miss and Louisville, the, the Monday night game. I'm seeing all these overreactions to Ole Miss, and I just want to say slow down, okay? Like, Ole Miss, yes, they look good. Matt Corral, golly, he can throw it. That's He's quite possibly the best individual quarterback in the country. I don't think it's too, too crazy to say that. He looks awesome. But let's remember, like, Louisville's bad, okay? Like, Louisville, not, like, bottom-tier ACC team, and we know how bad the ACC is outside of Clemson. And look, Ole Miss did exactly what they should have done, right? They put up points, and they were better than, I think, people expected on defense, and I think that's why there's all this, you know, overhyping of them. But, like, Louisville's bad. Their quarterback was 
he couldn't really throw the ball. Super athletic, but just yeah, like Ole Miss did exactly exactly what they should have done. So don't go too too crazy on the lane train. You know, like we we know that they're going to put up points, but I want to see them play against someone who's a little more proficient on offense before we go all in on Ole Miss being a really you know solid team th- this year. So now let's let, let's hop into kind of the three games that I'm going to say stole the show this weekend. Like th- like this is the entree. This is these these games were the main course of the weekend. Alabama Miami. So I said it last week, Miami overrated. You know, they weren't the 15th best team in the country coming into the season. They're ranked number 15 because their name is Miami, because they're the U, because they have history. They were ranked number 15. And look, Alabama just did Alabama things, okay? Like, they always look great week one because it's Nick Saban. And Nick Saban preps better than any other coach in the country. He, he's the best college football coach we've ever seen. And every year, week one, they blow people's doors off because they're just better prepared than everybody else because Nick Saban has this extra time to prepare. Their defense looks absolutely elite, and that's what happens when you're at Alabama and you return eight starters, and then you bring in To'o To'o from Tennessee, who is one of the who is one of the best linebackers in the country. And I mean, look, like this defense is just—it's stupid good. It's absolutely ridiculous. And you know, we we knew that coming back in, into this year with all the starters that they were returning from last year. Bryce Young looked really good. Bill O'Brien answered the call. In terms of play calling, you know, his play calling sequences I thought were good. They put up 44 points, okay? And look, like it helps when you have quite possibly the best offensive line in the country. The way that they moved Miami around was nothing short of impressive. They have, like always, they have really good running backs. Again, who would have thought Alabama with fantastic running backs? You know, no, not not me, right? But yeah, I mean, they, they look great. You know, Bryce Young looks really comfortable. And I really liked how he was more reliant on his arm than on his legs. You know, he had several running lanes, several opportunities to take off, but he stayed in the pocket and relied on his arm, which tells you something really important about a young quarterback. Saban and Bill O'Brien trust him, you know, because sometimes, you know, week one with young quarterbacks, especially guys who can move like Bryce Young, it's one read. If the read's not there, take off. You know, he's able to work through his progressions, which. Look, it's easy to trust a kid when your defense is as good as Alabama's defense is. Like, let's not forget that. I, I do think that the defense is going to be kind of the engine of Alabama this year. But, man, the offense looked good. You know, they've got you know weapons everywhere like they always do. The offensive line, nothing short of elite. And, yeah, Alabama, you know, they look like the most complete team after week one, as they often do with Nick Saban at the helm. Georgia versus Clemson. So Georgia has the best defense in the country. You can't change my mind. I think we saw the three best defenses in the country. I think we saw Georgia, number one, Alabama's two, and then Clemson's at three. Like, look, like the worst part of Georgia's defense, and worst is in, like, is in quotes because it's still really, really good, is probably the secondary. And that's saying something, considering Clemson's receivers got no separation from Georgia's DBs in this entire game. I mean, they just they played man and they locked up, and then occasionally they switched to zone and they locked up. the 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 safety for Georgia who who jumped the slant, great instincts, and then housed it. I mean, that was absolutely incredible. And look, like their front seven is absolutely insane. Like it is nothing short of elite. 
just like you know, people thought it would be coming into this year, and man, the front four absolutely dominated. They just, oh man, they absolutely dominated the Clemson's offensive line, and that was the question about Clemson coming into this year. How is the offensive line going to look? And it looked really bad. Then again, you know, Georgia may have the best defensive line in the country, so you know, Clemson they'll, they'll be fine in ACC play. They probably won't lose another game. But this may have costed them, you know, a shot at the playoff. And, man, dude, that, that Georgia defensive line, they had seven sacks. Okay, that's more sacks than a potato factory in Idaho has, right? I mean, they just absolutely dominated the game from start to finish, and they're deep everywhere. I mean, man, like that Georgia defense just looks absolutely insane. And I know what you're thinking. Well, Jonathan, they the offense only, kick, only scored three points. All they could do was get a field goal. They're not going to be able to beat Alabama with an offense like that. You're right. But like, let's let's not forget. Okay, let's not forget here. Georgia was missing their top two wide receivers and their best tight end. Okay, they had running backs lining up out at wide receiver, like running routes. And look, it's hard to push the ball down the field when you don't have your two best receivers. One of them being George Pickens, who has a good shot at being a, a first-round pick this year. Right? And, like, let's, like, not forget, like, Clemson's defense is also extremely good. Probably the third third or fourth best defense in the country. Like, this Clemson defense is extremely good as well. So, let's not overreact to Georgia's lack of an offensive performance. Okay? Now, Georgia's got some COVID stuff apparently running through their team right now. That's a little concerning. But, I mean, they won't have another tough game until they start SEC play, so they've got, you know, a couple weeks to kind of get all that under control. And, yeah, like, what an opening week. You know, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to get into LSU, but I think it's pretty obvious who the two best teams in the country are right right now. Georgia and Alabama, you know, Oklahoma, you know, people were talking about this great defense that they were going to have this year and how improved they were, and then they went out and gave up 35 points to Tulane. Like, come on now. So it's it's going to be fun. I'm excited. You know, Iowa State didn't look great against Northern Iowa. Like they there's you know some question marks that some of these other teams have have developed that's a week 1, but like let's remember it's week 1. Teams usually make their their biggest leap from week 1 to week 2. Okay? So I think we're going to see a lot of adjustments made. I think teams now have a better idea of what they have and what they don't have and what they need to lean on. So week 2, I'm excited just to kind of see the leaps that these teams make. And, yeah, so we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about LSU because LSU stole the show in all the wrong ways this weekend. I'm super excited to kind of talk about them. And, yeah, so we're going to take a short break, and then we'll be back with more Shooting the Schmidt. And we're back with more Shooting the Schmidt. Moving on to LSU and, man, four words for you. Coach O's out. Coach O is out. Like, he's done after this year. Okay, I don't really see LSU rebounding here. They looked horrendous on Saturday. They didn't tackle well. The defensive line in Coach O, former defensive line coach, so you would figure, like, the defensive line's going to be pretty good, especially with how well they recruit. The defensive line got blown off the ball the whole game. Okay, UCLA's offensive line moved those boys. Like, I mean, it was... So surprising, just the way that UCLA's offensive line kind of dominated LSU's defensive line. I mean, they're blowing them off the ball. And offensively, they didn't adjust to the pressure. Okay, like, 
in order for Coach O to succeed with the kind of coach that he is, as more of a motivator, not as you know schematical as your Lincoln Rileys and Steve Sarkeesians and Kirby Smarts and Nick Saban's. He has to hire good coordinators, and that's what he did in 2019, and that's why they won the national title, right? And then all these coordinators leave. He brings the new coordinators last year. They don't perform very well. They go 5-5. Five and five. Okay, They're a Florida defensive back doing his best Kyle Trask impression away from going 4-6 and six and having a losing record last year. And so he, you know, he, he gets rid of those coordinators. He brings in some more new coordinators, and it doesn't look good. Okay, and look, let's be honest here. Football in the SEC moves quick. Okay, 11 games ago, they were national champions, and now we're talking about Coach O is on the hot seat. They're going to have to turn it around. They're going to have to turn it around quick. Okay, the more games they play, the more Coach O looks like a one-hit wonder. And now look, like with all this being said, I don't want to take anything away from UCLA. UCLA came in, they game planned extremely well. We know that Chip Kelly can coach. Chip Kelly's finally got his guys in there. He's got a quarterback who's been there for this is his fourth year there. And so like Chip Kelly's getting things rolling there. So like I don't want to take anything away from them. I loved their remember the Titans defense, right? You know, you've you've got, you know, the the biggest scene of the movie, you know, with the uh the, the assistant coach grabs the ref and starts talking about how, you know, he's kind of throwing the game for him and all this other stuff and how, you know, he'll he'll never ref another game if he keeps doing this. And he 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 brings the players in and he goes, We blitz all night, right? And that is exactly that's exactly what UCLA did. I read a stat earlier today. They blitzed ninety two percent of the time. It was so unique and the way that they blitzed they they sh- it was just so interesting just to kind of see the way that they play defense. And unless you just couldn't adjust. I mean, it was bad. You know, you got, you know, Max Johnson throwing behind-the-back passes like he's John Stockton or Magic Johnson. Like, you can't have that. Like, you can't have that. Like, that is super concerning for LSU. They've got weapons on the outside. They just kind of struggled to get them the ball. I think they ran for two yards in the first half. So, like, the LSU offensive line struggled. I mean, it was just, it was not good. Like, LSU, you've got to make some adjustments very quickly. And, like, there's a legit possibility here that LSU finishes this season with a losing record. Okay? So, right now, they're they're 0-1. They play McNeese State on Saturday. That should be a win. Coach O's son is actually the quarterback for McNeese State, which is kind of interesting. So that that puts them at one and one. Then they play Central Michigan. Central Michigan put up points on Saturday against Missouri. So that LSU secondary is gonna have to get it figured out because they didn't look super great against against UCLA. But look, like let's be honest here. Like I'm not gonna go too crazy and be like Central Michigan's gonna beat LSU. Probably not gonna happen. Okay, so they should beat Central Michigan. That puts them at two and one. Then they play at Mississippi State who's going to throw the ball all over the place. Like, there's a legit possibility that LSU loses that game unless they they can figure it out with, with their secondary. That puts them at 2-2. Two and two. And then they play Auburn, which Bo Nix looked awesome on Saturday, completing 20 of 22 passes. They're probably going to lose that game. That puts them at 2-3. and three. Kentucky, looked, Kentucky looked so good on Saturday. They put up 44 points, and they didn't even play their best game offensively. That puts them at two and four, and then they play LSU. That puts them at two and five, 
and then, and then they're playing Ole Miss. That puts them at two and six. And then they're playing Alabama. That puts them at two and seven. And then they're playing Arkansas. They should beat Arkansas. It's at home. That puts them at three and seven. And then they play UL Monroe. That puts them at four and seven. And then they play Texas A and M. Like there, there's a there's a legit possibility here that they go four and eight, five and seven. You know, like Mississippi State. They didn't look great on Saturday, so LSU will probably beat them. I think I was, you know, reaching a little bit there, but that, that puts them at like five and seven. Like that is like if if LSU goes five and seven this year, Coach Coach O will not make it out of the state of Louisiana alive. I mean that it, it is just the decline has happened so quickly, and it's confusing. Like because they have the talent, they've recruited well. It's LSU. LSU. Always recruits well. LSU always has dudes who are going to go play in the NFL. Like they've got, you know, the best cornerback in the country in, in Stingley. You know, Rick's on the other side. He's another guy who's a really good corner. And I don't think that. I think defensively they're going to get it figured out. They've got too much talent on the back end to not. The question is, what are you going to do offensively? Like the offense looked bad. They couldn't run the ball. Max Johnson was running for his life. Now, part of that was the way that UCLA played defense. But, like, they didn't really go to much of a screen guy. It was just weird, you know? And the lack of adjustments is what is so concerning. Like, like LSU played man-to-man defense the entire game, and UCLA, like, cr- crossing-routed them to death. They would run these shallow crossers, and then they take off off the sideline for an extra, like, six or seven yards. I mean, it was just... Yeah, the lack of adjustments is the real concern here because, like, we know LSU has talent. But, like, if your coaching isn't able to make adjustments and they don't game plan very well, then you're going to have, you know, all the talent in the world. But it, it doesn't matter. And, yeah, it's just it's disappointing, especially with, you know, I think LSU fans had pretty high hopes this year. You know, there are some people who are picking LSU to finish second or third in the West. And now... That's a long shot. Like, they're going to finish. They look like one of the bottom-tier teams in the SEC West. They don't look better than Ole Miss. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if they're better than Arkansas. Like, it is. I like hear. Like, let's let's look at the, uh, the the SEC West here. And let's just look at, you know, the, the best teams here and kind of where LSU is going to sit. So, obviously, the best team in the West is Alabama. Okay? After Alabama... It's it's Texas A&M. I think that you know that's pretty obvious, right? And then Team Three, Ole Miss probably. Ole Miss looked really good on Saturday, as we know. And then from there, I'd probably go Auburn. Auburn looked really good on Saturday. Then again, it was um, Al- Alcorn. It 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 was Akron. That's who it was. That's that's who they played, right? And then. Probably Arkansas at five. I'm trying not to be a homer, but I think that's that's probably a fair spot. Then you can go LSU at six. Actually, no. I don't know. I don't really know where you put. I'm trying to think. No, yeah, Arkansas. F- Arkansas at five. LSU at six. Mississippi State at seven is probably. Somewhere is is how is how that should look. So, like they they looked like the second worst team in the West uh, after Week One, and that is extremely concerning going forward. Do I think that they'll get get it figured out? More than likely, but at the same time, you know, there's there's a chance that they don't. And LSU's looking for a new head coach at the end of the year, and I think that that's 
really what we're headed for. So, yeah, really kind of disappointed by the way that LSU looked. Was really impressed with UCLA. UCLA looked good. I think there's a there's a pretty sizable chance that they win the Pac-12 this year. Oregon didn't look too, too great on Saturday. Only beaten Fresno State by a touchdown. We're going to find out a lot more about Oregon this week as they play Ohio State. Hoping to have Zach Gray on to kind of preview that game and just talk college football in general. ZG, super smart guy, knows knows his stuff. So hopefully that, that'll happen on Friday. So we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the NFL. You know, game one tomorrow night. You got the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. Should be an absolute route, but, you know, we'll see. I'm, I'm I'm excited for the NFL to start. And, yeah, so we're going to take a short break, and then we'll be back with more Shooting the Schmidt. And we're back with more Shooting the Schmidt. Moving on here to the NFL. NFL Week 1 starts tomorrow night. We get the stars of HBO's Hard Knocks, Dallas Cowboys, taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. In terms of ratings, like, this is a fantastic game to start the season you know, you you got all your your Tom Brady people who are going to tune in. Tampa Bay's got a pretty big fan base as is, and obviously you've got America's team, the Dallas Cowboys, also playing. So in terms of ratings, like this is a perfect way to start off the season. But let's be honest here: most people will probably stop watching about halfway through the third quarter because Tampa Bay is going to absolutely run Dallas out of the building. Dallas is about to get their doors blown off like this Dallas team uh, I'm I'm not sold at all you know Colton and I did our, our over under picks you know I, we, we both took the under for obvious reasons the defense didn't really improve too too much you know and I know Dak's coming back but you know I don't know I'm not not sold on this team at all Tampa Bay is an eight point favorite and you got to take the over like Tampa Bay is going to win by two touchdowns, maybe more. This is year two of of Tom Brady, and look, I'm not betting against the guy who's got more rings than Thanos. Like that's just we're just not going to do it. They're bringing everybody back, all 22 starters, and look like this. This is going to be an absolute root. You know, in my notes it says potential to be, barring some catastrophic injury to somebody for the Bucks, I, I they're going to get. They're gonna absolutely destroy the Dallas Cowboys. And look, like it's it's year two of Tom Brady. Like, you know, it, with a full off season, like with a full training camp, like this is 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 it's gonna be different this year. Like this this Tampa Bay team, they're they're gonna blow a lot of people's doors off. And and like as they should, like you know, they are the defending Super Bowl champions. We know how good that defensive line was last year. I would expect the same things this year. The offense is going to be better. Like I'm, I'm super excited, and I'm, I'm happy for for Bruce Arians. Like he's a guy who can really coach, or he's a well liked guy who's a good coach, and it's nice to kind of see him have some success. And look, like the the, the slate of games this week for the NFL is awesome. Like we we got the Dolphins and the Patriots. That should be a fun game. Uh, the Steelers are playing the Bills. That should that should be a fun game. Let me see who else is playing here. We've got dude. We we got the Jets and the Panthers. Sam Darnold taking on his former team. We're gonna get a good look at Zach Wilson. We have the Toilet Bowl. The Jaguars are playing the Texans. 
<laughs> the Browns play the Chiefs week one as well. Like, there's some really good matchups here. Packers, Saints sh- should be another good one. And then the Monday night game is the Ravens and the Raiders, where the Raiders will absolutely destroy – or, excuse me, the Ravens will absolutely destroy – the Raiders. So week one of the NFL. I'm so glad it's back. You know, I love the NFL. As you know, if you've listened to me at all, like, you, you know that. And yeah, I'm super excited for kind of the season to unfold. But yeah, take take Tampa Bay minus eight. I mean, like they they're gonna win by two touchdowns easy. I mean, they may hang forty on Dallas. It really wouldn't surprise me. And yeah, so super excited for that game. Should should be fun to watch especially if you don't like Dallas, which I know a lot of people don't. (laughs) So, yeah, I think that's going to do it here at Shooting the Schmidt. What an awesome weekend. I'm looking forward to this next weekend. we got more college football coming. As I just said, you know, the NFL is starting up. So the more football, the better at this point. And, yeah, I'm super excited. So go follow me on social media. You can find me at jschmidt underscore four on Twitter and Instagram. You know, I've been posting short little clips from the shows on there. If you just want to get an idea of what, you know, the show's going to look like before you tune in, you know, feel free to go and follow me on social media. And, yeah, you know, I'm super excited for Friday's show. Like I said, I'm hoping to have Zach Gray on, you know, big Ohio State guy. We're going to talk Oregon and Ohio State. We'll probably talk Iowa and Iowa State. I mean, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll definitely focus more more on the Big Ten when he comes on, which is good. You know, he, he knows his stuff when it comes to football up there in the north. So that's going to do it here at Shooting the Schmidt. Thank you guys so much for listening. I will talk to you all again on Friday.